Good morning. It is so good to see the house so full. You can't imagine, you know, sometimes you think speaking in front of a few people is easier than speaking in front of a few more. But when you consider the fact that uh, in God's house, each and every one of those people are praying for you and praying for the word, it has to be God working through and, and, and with more prayers we'll get more blessings. Uh, we're, we're just so thankful that you know we have some uh, visitors here this morning that aren't quite often usually with us and I thank them for the support as well as each one. Uh, I, I will put out a special uh, John and Joan Morgan are here this morning and just as a word if anyone wants to hear of an amazing uh, salvation, an amazing a change, uh, the story that John has to share. Get him in a corner after services and he'll be, he'll be happy to share with you. Uh, thankful that my girls are all here too. So, you know, we, we, we've gone through a uh, Easter season. And I hope that you, your season, your, your holiday, your, your time spent praising God in Easter was as special as, as ours was. Uh, we, and then it's afterwards. But, you know, one of my, my uh, prayer closets is my truck. So during, during Easter, I was thinking about God and thinking about what he'd done and you know, I thought I often thank him, but I don't know how much I've ever told him how truly sorry I was for what I caused him and the pain and suffering that I caused him. You know, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising again. And, and, and but to ever to really put it into a personal perspective, and, and, I, and I told him that, and and it was. It was just like I could hear him respond. You know, he was he was at. You just hear that little, kind of sad, but a little smile. He said, "Yeah, you know, you were, you were a part of my pain and suffering on the cross." But never forget that at the moment the man st- stepped away from God, that when sin separated us, my father and myself came up with a plan, and that plan was to love, to reunite, and to bring man back to be in communion with, with us, and to have a promise of life eternal. And how thankful I am that that plan included a sacrifice that wasn't once a year. It was once forever. He was a perfect lamb, and he covers all of our sins and gives us the hope of salvation. And because he's alive each and every day, because we can know that as we walk out of our house in the day, when we wake up in the morning, Jesus Christ is there, and we don't have to wait for a time and a season to enjoy Easter. He is resurrected. He's alive. 
praise the name of God. Praise the name of the Son. We can celebrate every day of our lives. When Ryan asked me many months ago to do communion services, there was that week a couple of, of, uh, as I opened the Bible and read, a couple of passages, a couple of chapters that came as as a topic. And... As we discussed what communion services should be, and, and actually communion services are five minutes long, what that reading and what was in my heart wouldn't fit. So when he asked if I could do a service, how could I say no? God had already put a service in my heart. but hadn't planned the chapter for one part of it. And when Ryan gave me the, the uh, chapter, which was his first Peter, and the verses were 3 through 12, it uh, fell right into place. So let's pray for our service. Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning, and we're so grateful for your blessings. We're so grateful that you loved us, that we turned away from you, that you made a plan, you set in motion the the, uh, salvation of mankind. And Lord, we know that that plan was made by the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, who was the only one that could have stood beside the Father on that plan. He was, Jesus is the only one that could come down on this earth and bring your word. Jesus is the only one worthy of being the sacrificial lamb and shedding his blood on the cross and taking our pain and our agony and, and being separated from you. And only Jesus could be resurrected and live again and then turn and welcome us with open arms and say, come on, follow. Follow me into heaven eternal. We praise you, Father. We thank you. And we just pray that the word that you have, that you want to go into the hearts of those who hear it today will be spoken. In your son's name, amen. So what came out long ago, quite a few months, was two cups. So you can see where that started as a communion service. There are two cups. And Jesus is, Jesus is in heaven. He's all around us. We can't see him. But he's there. He's watching over us. He's leading us. He's talking to us. He's calling us. we're here. So what what can we expect? When we pick up the cup of 
of Jesus Christ, when we start to walk a life of Jesus Christ, when we as believers follow him, what can we expect? And this, this chapter in Peter is a, is a, is a broad brushstroke. <laughs> there's, there's so much more to it. But this is a big picture. And the heading is born again into a living hope. So we just came from, from thinking about Jesus dying, resurrecting, the salvation he's brought, the promise that God has given. And 1 Peter 3-12, through 12, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I read this the first time, I stopped. I said, wait a minute. That has an exclamation point. Think about what we just went through. What we just talked about. The great salvation of Jesus Christ. What he has done for us. And then, it's written with one exclamation point. But I can't put the emphasis to it. So I read it again, and I put another exclamation. I read it again, another exclamation point. And I, the Bible only has one. I don't want to add what the Bible, but I, I really believe this means. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In the things you, that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope. That's a sermon. That's when we sit down and we thank God.
but there is a whole chapter. As I look at this first part, there's so many, so magnificent, so wonderful things. He's caused us to be born again through Jesus' resurrection from the dead. He's given us an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading. He's keeping it in heaven for us. And we, by God's power, are being guarded through faith. What exactly have we done so far in those verses ourselves? <laughs> we haven't done anything other than have faith. It's amazing. Uh, I mean, can you imagine salvation, let alone being with God? Jesus in heaven above is something we can't understand inheritance that is imperishable. Everything we have, everything we have breaks. Everything we have falls away. Everything burns up. It goes to dust. We don't, we have nothing here on this earth that is imperishable. So we can't, imperishable is pretty much like eternity to us. We can't imagine. We can't even fathom what it will entail. But this inheritance that we will receive from him will never fade. We have that hope. And then finally it comes to something that we can do. We rejoice. We thank God. We praise him. Rejoice. It comes a little bit of a, a hitch in our step. We're rejoicing. All these wonderful things have happened. Though now for a little while, if necessary, that's a key word, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that's refined by fire, found to result in praise, honor, and glory. I don't think any one of us is asked to be refined. There are things we just sooner not do, not experience. many years ago had to be I was young and we got to report that my one of my daughter's blood tests came back and it was uh, something that was messed up of course the first thing that comes to mind is leukemia there was not enough red blood cells 
It was a trial for genuineness of faith. I can tell you where I was. This stop sign right down here at the Y. I was in my truck. I was going home from work. It was the first time, yeah, I'd been a, a, a Christian for quite a few years. But it was the first time I remember when I had nothing to give. And I knew it. That I had no power of my own. There was absolutely nothing I could do. And there was only one person that did. And that was my God and the Father. And the tears ran, and the honest, true prayer went up. And in that moment, you're changed. You're never the same again. You have a genuineness of faith because you depend more on him, the one who leads, the one who is saying, follow me, I will bring you closer to me. You won't just be justified. You'll be sanctified. Fast forward several years. An even bigger trial. Illnesses and, and, and are, are touched. All of us get touched by it. And we all understand it, especially when it's children. And a, a first generation mutation of the heart. A child fighting for life. And that horrible, amazing place called Akron Children's Hospital. And what God wrought in that time in our lives was absolutely amazing. I hope that we can remember and that as we grow the things that we people who touched us we touched them, and and that's and, and you know the, uh, people that I never knew before in, in, in similar situations hugging. My wife looked out the room the one day, and I'm, I'm in the middle of a room hugging a, a young girl who I'd never seen before, never knew, her, but she was in a like situation. This is trials for genuineness of faith, and it brings us closer. Is it easy? No. Is it painful? Yes. He's bringing us closer. It's necessary that we become closer to God. It's what our life is for. And those found a result in praise, glory, and honor in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Can you tell me, how do I explain to somebody who does not go to Jesus Christ what inexpressible joy is? How can I tell them? I have joy I can't even tell you about, but you're crying. Yeah, but I have inexpressible joy. 
But joy is laughter. Joy is, is having fun. It's a good time. Sometimes. But if we have Jesus Christ, we have a joy that can't be taken away from us. It is an inexpressible joy. I can't tell you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, what he is in my life. I can tell you what he has done. I can say he has given me peace. I can say he has forgiven me my sins. I can tell, but I can't tell you how that feels. I can't give that to you. I wish I could. But I can't. But we are filled in our hearts with an inexpressible joy. Amazing joy. And the outcome of our faith and, and why, why we are so filled with joy is we have a promise of the salvation of our souls. Concerning his salvation, the prophet who prophesied about grace was to be researched and inquired carefully. Inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating that he predicted the sufferings of Christ and subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through, and preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Man fell away. Man, man sinned. He was... We were not who we needed to be. We weren't where we were meant to be. The creation. And from that day, we knew we had lost. And from that day, we, mankind, each and every one of us, searched for what we had lost. Years and years and years. And the prophets prophesied and then said, you know, we know it's going to happen. We know we're going to be, there's going to be salvation. It's going to be. And they prayed and they searched and they prophesied and they searched and they searched and it continued for hundreds and hundreds of years. They say this world is a dark, evil place that it is. There's so many things so wrong with it. But I thank God that the promise that they searched for, our Lord Jesus Christ, we have. He's alive. He's here. We have him. They searched and searched. They lived in the same kind of a world. But they didn't have Jesus. We live in the same kind of a world, that dark, dirty place. It was created not to be that way. The Creator created it as beautiful. We turned it bad. But we have what they were searching for. And never forget that. We have what all those yearned for. And what is so amazing. That news that came by the Holy Spirit from heaven is so amazing that even the angels yearn. Let me read it just so I don't get it wrong. 
things into which angels long to look. It's so amazing. The angels want to look into it. And what's really hit me as I read that in preparation, that's not past tense. It's present tense. They are still yearning to look into the news that God is sending to us from heaven. They are still looking to see what's going to happen for us. What is going to come to pass for us as we go through our lives, pass into eternity. The angels long to see what God has in store for us. It's still happening. Praise be to God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The title of this was Two Cups. That was one cup. That was the individuals who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful followers. I said earlier this in the service, and I was worried this wasn't going to take long enough, but it's going to take longer than enough. We are thrilled to see every one of you come to the door every Sunday morning. We miss faces of our church family when they don't show up. We want every one of you to be saved by the blood of the Lamb. I cannot look at a man and know if they have Jesus in their heart or not. There are signs, but I don't know. So for those who pick up the cup that they live without Christ, on the outward, it really doesn't show much different, honestly, than those of us that do. We go to work, we play, talk about ball games, find mushrooms this week, go turkey hunting. Not a lot of difference. We have the same goals. We want a house. We want a, we want a family. We want to raise our kids. We want... But there is a difference. There will be trials for them as well. But there's no one to turn to. You will still go through the same through trials just as much. Sometimes it looks, seems like somebody that doesn't know Christ is getting ahead a lot quicker and a lot better than we are, that, that know him. Hmm. I'd say on average, we're all pretty the same. But there's no one there. When you get into a rut, when you get into a place where you can't pick yourself up out of, the only individual you have to turn to is somebody else that's just like you. no strength to overcome those things. 
go through life that way. And then finally, we come to the name of the second cup. We want to read from Jeremiah 25. Read 15 and 16. And 27 to 31. This was written by Jeremiah, and it was basically at the time discussing what was going to happen. God was going to punish the lands and the kings were against Israel. But in verse, I believe it's 31, it changes. And it becomes applicable. The cup, the Lord's wrath. Thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me, take from my hand this cup of wine of wrath, and make all the nations to whom you send you, I send you drink it. They shall drink and stagger and be crazed because of the sword I am sending among them. Verse 27, Then you shall say to them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, God of Israel, Drink, be drunk, and vomit. Fall and rise no more because of the sword I am sending among you. And if they refuse to accept the cup from your hand to drink, then you shall say, Thus says the Lord of hosts, You must drink. For behold, I begin to work a disaster at the city that is called by my name. Shall you go unpunished? You shall not go unpunished, for I am summoning a sword against the inhabitants of the earth, says the Lord of hosts. You therefore shall prophesy against them all these words and say to them, The Lord will roar from on high and from his holy habitation. Under his voice he will roar mightily against his fold and shout like those who tread grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth. The clamor shall resound to the ends of the earth, for the Lord has indictments against the nations. He is entering unto judgment with all flesh. And the wicked he will put to the sword, declares the Lord. This is the cup of not knowing Jesus Christ. If you don't know him today, you think it's, I can't be good enough. Ryan said a lot, you can't, I can't. I'm going to wait until I can get rid of some of these habits of mine and it won't happen. I'm going to wait until I leave my job because there's things going on there that just make it hard for me to follow God. There's a song I listen to in my truck. It may not go exactly like this. But here's the word I have to say to you. What if I were to tell you that the fight's already been won? The race is done. All you have to do is accept Jesus Christ. He will work in you best news ever. Jesus is calling. But he'll, when Jesus was sacrificed, 
Folks, he was nailed. His arms were like this. They took him down. He rose from the grave. He's still standing with his arms outstretched. He's waiting for each and every one of you who don't know him. And his arms are stretched out to us to do, to follow, stay with him, to follow with him. So I ask you, only you know in your hearts. Only you can answer. Today, which cup are you partaking from? Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we come before you and thank you. We praise you and lift you up. We thank you that you have given us promises and shown us blessings in your word for those who know you. And that even the hard things are for the good of us. And Lord, we lift up anyone this day whose, whose heart is not saved Lift them up to you and pray that you could grant grace. Pray that you could grant that the nudge that it takes to get them started. Because, Lord, you know, we love each and every one of us walk through the door. We want them to be saved. And we know. Our Father in heaven and Jesus Christ loved them so much more. Thank you, Jesus.